0: David, and uh, Jose Mourinho's first stint at Chelsea, famously predicted the day that Chelsea would clinch the title. So I'm going to ask you to predict the day that Thistle will next concede a goal.
1: Oh, right, okay. Um, um, I am very excited, in a, in a masochistic way, to see Joe Newbley against our revitalised defence because he, he caused us a whole lot of havoc the last time. Um, it was Tunji Akinola's first start. People were getting mixed and matched about. sneden obviously had the howler that he had before, and he's totally changed his game now. He doesn't have these errors very often, and he, he seems far more confident. in this this side, the defence are they they are so confident in the moment that I, I don't I don't think nobody's going to have his way like he did in the last one. But I'm excited to see the battle put it that way. I uh, broth 29th of January. our uh, broth away that's when that's when we'll concede a goal in the the wind tunnel why not so 29th of january mark it down the next time we concede a goal so you think uh, our
0: long-standing clean sheet record of five that's lasted 100 (laughs) years is going to get smashed to about 14 yeah they absolutely could just do it yeah it was at
1: 14 clean sheets that's going to be our record why not
2: it's false no way not this time we created it not this time no not this time is totally made up, pure fiction. It's fiction, it's fiction. We made it up, we made this one up. It's a made up tale,
0: it's a total fabrication.
2: It never happened, it never happened. This one was invented by a writer, not this time.
0: It never happened, it's false. It never happened, it's a fake, it's fiction. It's an urban legend that never happened, no way. We got you,
2: not a chance, not this time. It never happened, it never happened. We made this one up. It's fiction. We made up this one. We made it up. Not this time. Wrong. Not this time. Not this time. You're wrong. Not this time. It never happened.
0: Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me to look back on Saturday's defeat at home to our Broth and the end of our mammoth clean sheet run, six weeks earlier than expected is David Forrest. David, how are you?
1: Um, I'm doing okay, it was, it, was a t- it was a bruising one on Saturday, a tough one to take, but you know, fans are class, we go again, three clap
0: emojis. And returning to the podcast after our week off last week is Jamie McDonald. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm not bad.
2: You know, very disappointing result yesterday. Very abject performance. So
0: yeah, a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about, so we'll get straight into it. We'll start as we always do with the starting eleven. There was no Zach Rudden in the squad. Brian Graham came in for him. Cammy Smith came in, came in to into the side for um, Connor Murray, who was on the bench and stayed on the bench, which we'll go on to talk about. Jamie, what did you make of the starting eleven when you saw it on Saturday? Yeah, I thought it was all right. Obviously, it's a big blow
2: having those out running in the squad. I remember Archie did mention in the pre-match interview on Jags home that he picked up a knock. He said that teff had picked up one as well, so thankfully Tiff was at least available, but it's definitely a blow not having running in the starting eleven. and we saw that in the game. I think we missed his hold-up play. We missed him you know, drifting out wide and his linking up with Brian Graham and doing the dirty work that maybe we didn't have. Cammy Smith starting, I think Smith on his game can be a really good player for us, but I thought he actually started pretty brightly. So him going off injured again, that was another blow for us. I think it is a bit harsh again on Connor Murray, being dropped at the team. He didn't even get on, which one we'll talk about later. But yeah, it was it was I was pretty happy with the line up. Most of it was what I would have gone for, to be honest, with no that run available. But obviously it was it changed very early into the game and Cammy Smith ended up having to go off. Which was a big blow and McIver came on we ended up having to change the shape and I think you could tell that that wasn't what we had prepped for playing uh, 4-4-2, I think we definitely prepped for kind of a 4-4-1-1 or something similar to that with Smith in behind the striker, because I felt Tiff kind of had to change his role after Smith went off. Tiff ended up kind of staying out wide a lot more when he was originally kind of in the middle more when uh, Smith was on, him. him was to interchange their positions. When another striker came on, he ended up getting shunted out wide, and I thought he was a bit less effective when he moved out there, and we were too reliant on him to get forwards, and it was quite a frustrating watch, to be honest, and we really were out-fought in midfield a lot. I think we, that changed as well. When Smith went off, we did kind of lose something in the midfield, and we weren't winning any 50 and it, it was just a really, really frustrating watch in the stands.
0: David, what did you make of the team, and how big a loss for you was Zach Rudden?
1: I, I was a bit worried when uh, Rudden wasn't in even the squad. He was out, um, or not even on the bench. Um, Absolutely fair enough. You know he's got a knock. He's got a knock, but it's one of those things where it's weird. Like when Graham and Ruddon play together, they generally raise each other. So one without the other, you know, they're always a level below what they are with the other person. Irrespective of whether they're banging goals or stuff like that, they they complement each other so well that when what we lose, one of them, which we have done various times in the last couple of weeks if you know obviously graham not lasting the full 90 minutes and things like that and obviously um being out for, for a game or two we we just can't seem to play the way that we normally would without one of them I've, obviously we'll get onto like ross mckeever and stuff like that later and i, w- I was kind of excited about you know Turner and smith coming in and seeing what they could do but i think we we did miss rudden quite a bit yesterday
0: So, obviously, Cammie Smith went off pretty early with an injury. He was replaced by Ross McKeever and we might as well talk about him now. Jamie, what did you think of his performance when he came on, and were you surprised to see him come on so early? Because starts for him and minutes for him in league games especially have been quite hard to come by. And you look at the bench, you maybe thought Conor Murray could have been the more natural substitution. What did you make of McKeever's contributions yesterday?
2: I think his overall game was not bad you know he's he is very good in there we said that before you know he does seem to win nearly every single flick on but you know the best chance of the game that we had fell to him and you know he's not even got it on target he smashed it off the bar and it was unbelievable miss to be honest and you just think that's Zach Rudd in the back of the net it's just a really frustrating moment and McKeever I do quite like his overall game I think he's a you know he's a decent player coming off the bench but he is not a goal scorer and we're really missing that right now. I know we might go on later to talk about what we need in January, but I think we need to get another striker in because we do lack that third option as a striker, who's as a, as a goal scorer behind Ruddon and Graham. And when we don't have Rodden in the squad, we've only got Graham. Bringing on McKeever is not bringing on guaranteed goals. You I mean he's played 17 games this season? You know, only four of those were starts, to be fair to him, but he's not notched a single goal. So it's not very positive, you know, reading for a striker. and I think his overall game can be good. Like, in the Dunfermline Cup game, he came off the bench and he actually, he did help create the goal. It was him who, I think, maybe even got the assist. I'm not 100% sure on that, but he definitely was involved in the goal. But it was just a frustrating watch yesterday.
0: I think I agree with you. I think McKeever coming in for maybe slightly over-the-top criticism yesterday. Obviously, the, the glaring chance was the standout moment of the match for this on an attacking perspective. But I think, the players around McKeever didn't really suit his game because, as you've said, he is really good in there. The timing of his jump is, is immaculate, really. He gets up early and he wins more than his first year of headers. But then when you look who's around him, he's got Brian Graham around him. And Brian Graham's game is similar to McKeever's in a sense. He's not going to be running off the back of flick-ons and outpacing strikers. You've got Kyle Turner in the wing. Not really going to be running in behind. Banzo and Doc aren't getting beyond second strikers to win flicks, and then you're really looking at Scott Tiffany, who did look like he was carrying a knock, he obviously pulled up in the second half, so there was nobody really to get on the end of McKeever's balls, but as you say, we maybe do need a striker with a bit more goal-scoring threat, or an attacker with a bit more goal-scoring threat, because the miss yesterday was quite a glaring one, and if it fell to Ruddin, you, chances are probably would have went in the back of the net, but we can rely on, on just Ruddon or just Graham to score the goals. All of the goals for the rest of the season. David, what were your thoughts overall on the performance in the the game yesterday?
1: Um, it was very frustrating. I, as you said, I, I would agree that I thought McKeever actually had an okay game. However, obviously missed the best chance of the game as well as that. There, there was an opportunity where he was sort of in space and could have taken a dig and. He didn't. He, just, he, he kind of thought about it way too much. But by the time that he actually done something with the ball, the opportunity had passed and he just kind of fizzled out or whatever. So, again, as you say, thought he was okay, but he, he's not a, a clinical goal scorer and, again, if Rodden was there instead of McKeever, no, we probably would have got one one or two back. I think it, it's one of those issues where our both are a very, very good side. Um, I know lots of people have been going, we're losing to part-timers and all that. That's an absolute misnomer. Like, our bro for a very good side and are part-time for a reason. And it's not because they're not good enough. And they absolutely just knew how to work us. And we didn't really have an answer for them. We seem to be a team that we have combinations that work really well. So, you know, for example, Graham and Ruddon or Banzo and Doherty, Akinola and Mayo. If they are firing on all cylinders, and same with like Tiffany, if those players are all firing on all cylinders, they work together really well and they can score goals and, and win us games. When they're not, when they are misfiring or when you have parts of that um, combination missed out, when you've got people missing out from that spine, it does seem like we we struggle to play the game that we normally would. And even though we do have depth, it's a case of we we seem to stick to it. We have a game plan and then when the game plan gets found out a little bit, which I think we maybe have been found out a little bit recently, we don't really have anything as a plan B. And yeah, our, our bro for by far the better side deserve to win. We had, what, one or two chances. If McIver scores that chance that went off the bar and it's one each, at that point you're thinking, right, it's a completely different game. We could have got something out of it. But I don't think we necessarily deserve something out of it anyway. We were really poor. And, yeah, it's just it's just really, really disheartening, to be honest.
0: I think that's a fair assessment. And just before I come back to Jamie, for, for your overall thoughts, I... I it's what I sort of hammer home the point you made about the part-time why do we not play well against part-time teams but you look at our growth in the championship and if see if you were to go through the championship and raid teams for players you would be taking five or six players from our growth before you would even be touching anyone from the likes of hamilton Morton, air full-time teams and i think the last four or five years especially in scottish football it's been pretty clear that the best part-time teams are better than the worst full-time teams and that's just added to by the the loans they've got like for example Joe Mobley he's a, an excellent um, addition to a really good the best by far part-time team in the country and obviously we should be doing better I'm not I'm not saying we shouldn't be doing better obviously you look at the fixture loss of both at home you would target that for three points but no it's not like you can say we're losing to part-time teams who are who are rubbish or anything like that. They're, they're a really good team. They're where they are in the league on merit. And yeah, all the best of them for the rest of the season. Because if we don't go up, I think it's quite a popular opinion at the moment amongst Jags fans that it would be quite nice to see our growth go up to the Premiership. They'd add something new. But um, obviously, not at the expense of ourselves. Jamie, what were your thoughts yesterday?
2: Kind of similar to what's been said, we were really out for it during the game. We didn't really look like we had much creative intent about us. I mean, there was a couple of moments in the first half, maybe like on the half-hour mark, there was one good bit of play where Kyle Turner had a shot, but the keeper, um, Gaston like fumbled it out for a corner, and Brian Graham had a shot, which kind of went down the middle of the goal, and we had a few chances here and there, but apart from that McKeever chance, which was like a golden opportunity, we didn't create much clear-cut opportunities, and Richard Foster, to be fair to me, I actually thought Richard Foster quite a decent game, came off with a Brilliant goal line clearance stop us going 2-0 down. And our broth did miss a lot of chances. There was that one at the back post, I'm not sure who it was. It might have even been James Craig and it was a rebound then made a save and he just scuffed it wide. And we, we could have lost that game by more goals yesterday. It was just such a abject, poor, poor performance. And it's disheartening because there's been a few of those recently, but at least we'd been picking up some wins. Like the Hamilton game wasn't a good performance. We got the three points. The Dunfermline game, it wasn't a good performance, but we got progression to the next round of the Scottish Cup. The Queen of the South game, we were okay. We kept a clean sheet. It wasn't an amazing result, but that game yesterday was just so, so bad. And, you know, it could do a bit of a blow to the confidence because we've got two huge games come up next. It's got Ray Roberts who are he's unbeaten in 15 or something like that. And we've got Inverness away. Following that, so that's two really, really tough games. Arguably, two of the toughest teams we're going to actually play because Comanik one bad, bad run right now. So yeah, arguably, we've got the three toughest teams in the league on a roll in a row right now because form-wise. So it's going to be two massive, massive games coming up next, and uh, it's going to be
0: very, very interesting to see how they go. Yeah, we'll come on to the, the next couple of games a bit more in-depth just in a few minutes, but I want to, while we're still on Saturday's game, just talk about the substitutions. So obviously Cammy Smith came off early on due to injury and was replaced by McKeever, and then Stephen Hendry quite strangely replaced. Again, the injured Scott Tiffany, and then it was Gordon for Bannigan a little bit later on. I've mentioned that I thought Ross McKeever's game didn't really suit the players around him, and maybe somebody like Shea Gordon being introduced a bit earlier, to make those late runs to get on to ons should have worked, And I know Connor Murray was subbed off at half-time at Queen of the South, but see, unless he's got an injury, it must be a real big blow to the confidence to see a winger and an attacking midfielder subbed off, and then a striker and a left-back get subbed on before you and not got on at all when you're losing at home. I feel like that'll be a big blow to his confidence. I think we can probably effectively draw a line under Jake Casey's part of thistle career. I don't think we'll see him again if he's not going to get minutes in a game like that. But David, what did you make of the substitutions yesterday?
1: Yeah, I was I was puzzled by the, the Hendry for Tiffany one. Um I just, just did not really understand it. Um obviously the enforced substitution, you know, fair enough, but even then like we've had Turner out on the right. Before we could have had him there and again putting like Gordon or something like that. I, I don't know, it's just, it just seemed like the substitutions were a, a really, really strange for me. I And yeah, it was one of those things where we we kind of needed a wee bit of spice, something to mix the game up a little bit, you know, throw on a sub who can change the dynamic of the game. And none of, none of them looked up to it. And the defence as well, I think at that point, by the time we were making the the Hendry substitute and stuff like that, the, the defence's heads had dropped a bit and you could see that it was a big ball for them losing the goal and yeah they they, they just he just it was the first time I've seen Akinola really properly stretched and again I mentioned last week I was interested to see how Nibley would do against Akinola whole well, male because obviously he'd caused him a tough time before and yeah it was it was quite wild seeing a bit of mortality from Akinola. You know, he never looks phased by anything. And then Joel Noobly comes along and suddenly he he is phased and we just totally throw it out the window. We're just doing stuff that just did not look like the team of, you know, the last six, seven, eight games. Even Sneddon as well didn't look that great. And yeah, I think by the time, you know, the Hendry substitution came on and Gordon came on, at that point, we'd, we'd mentally chucked it already, I feel. And we just didn't have anything to offer, so there was only so much we were going to be able to do, but yeah, a real just bizarre substitution for Hendry for Tiffany. I imagine there's some sort of grand plan as to why, but I just don't get it myself.
0: Jamie,
2: thoughts on the subs? Like, obviously, I've been in my call back of the season, of course, so have most fans, but it's not the first time that we've spoken about McCall substitutions. I mean, a game that uh, comes to my mind and thinking about this is last season at the start when we lost one note at Cove uh, that last minute winner McCall didn't make a single substitution when there was 5 available at that point and we had quite a full bench as well and we were talking about why Why has he not made a sub what was going on and there's been one or two other times we've said there's been strange substitutions and yesterday was just one of those like, sometimes he does make some really odd subs with that Hendry for Tiff was baffling in my opinion Conor Murray like you said Matt unless he's injured why has he not been brought on He's looked great in recent weeks, in my opinion. I thought he's been very impressive that Kamarnak away game. He was brilliant that day. I thought he did look good in the first half against Queen's. I'm surprised that he wasn't kept on longer, but I think it was a very, very strange decision to bring on Hendry. I mean, I actually wanted Conor Murray to come on when Smith went off. It's more light for light. Murray can play a 10, and I thought he would have suited that. And We actually started bright, the game could have gone a bit differently if we kept the role of a 10 instead of going with two up top, because I don't think the combination of McIver and Graham up top together with no 10 worked very well but it's just such a strange substitution and it didn't work Stephen Hendry didn't look great going forward at one point you could tell that there was two left backs on the pitch because they literally I don't know if anyone else noticed it but there was one point I think the score might have been 2-0 the time but Hendry and Holt were literally standing alongside each other we had five at the back and we were in possession at the time and I was like "Well, you are both playing a left back right now so we don't have a left mid." You could tell that Hendry was not used to playing a left man and hoped, hoped we don't see that substitution again, unless we're trying to see a game out or something, bring on an extra defender. It just seemed baffling. So, we did, that's another thing I think we need in January is get a new winger on the bench, someone with a bit of pace. We can get off the bench because when it comes to pace, we rely far too much on Tiff. And if Hasty's going, that leaves a gap open, wage wise and possession wise, for us to get another winger in. And I think that's something we should really look into.
0: I think for me, the substitutions is why I'm still reluctant to blame the pitch as the number one reason for the recent struggles. We've spoken about sort of what is McCall ball quite a lot in the last 18 months. And I think it's putting a, a spine of a team together that you're relying on to do well. So in recent weeks, we've had Sneddon, Maywak and all Ola, Banzo and Doherty do well. At the start of the season, as you said last week, David, Graham and Ruddon were doing well. They were getting the goals. When that spine sort of dips, there really isn't like a, a concrete game plan you can identify. I think we were talking to Rhys Jenkins in the chat yesterday. And if those guys aren't on, on song like they weren't yesterday, if they drop below that 7 or 8 out of 10, is there a clear plan to sort of get the ball up the pitch through the team? There's not really. When we have the ball and things aren't happening for us, we look lost. The amount of times yesterday Sneddon was just kicking it up the pitch. And we are both were winning the second balls, and yeah, you could put that down to our both were hungrier than us. But was there really a plan when we had the ball yesterday, or are we just relying on guys pulling us through? And I'm not saying that's the worst thing in the world because we do have five, six, seven players to rely on. It's not like we're relying on one and two. And I look at the bench as well, and do we have somebody that can bring like chaos factor? And by chaos factor, I mean somebody like Nubly somebody that's going to sort of strike panic into defences when he comes off the bench, either like a big, massive guy that's going to win lots of headers or a really quick guy that's going to get in behind defences and push teams 15, 20 yards up the pitch. And I'm not criticising anyone on the bench because most of them are decent players. We've seen it in the past. They've made contributions. Gordon, Murray, even McKeever, they've scored important goals for us. They can make a difference. But is there anyone on the bench that's really going to come on and fundamentally change the way we play like by winning lots of headers can we go route one to them or can we get the ball out wide to them and they can beat a man with just pace do we have that and probably at the moment no and i'd say that would be the number one thing in january a player that can bring a sort of chaos factor if that's the right phrase if that's um understandable david what do you think is it is it the pitch is it no plan b what are your thoughts
1: the pitch, I mean, the pitch is terrible. I mean, like, you can see, I mean, like, Sneddon fell on his face <laughs> when he had the ball at one point and was lucky not to just drop the ball out, to be honest. But the the pitch is not great uh, by any standards whatsoever. But, I mean, both teams have to play in the same pitch. Um, and, obviously, our broof are probably a bit more used to playing in more, less favourable conditions, so to speak, in terms of obviously having the wind and stuff like that. They're, they're, they're kind of used, they're not playing... On Bowling Green's out in the sun every week, or anything like that, anyway. But no, I, I, I think if we're, get, if we're going to the pitch, I think that's getting into excuse territory. I, I do agree that it's a case of we just aren't, our our plan isn't fluid enough to adapt. When we sort of take the leads, we're able to control games and we're able to hold out and win. If we can't score a goal, we struggle to change it up a bit to try and get that added X factor to get the goal. And then we, we find that we, we've got issues there. We've, we've been very lucky that our defence has been so solid and that we've not lost games because there probably is games where if we had conceded, we probably don't get the point or get the win against Hamilton, for example, um, or against Queen of the South, um, again, where you know it just seems like we we were so free flowing at one point and it's changed and I don't quite understand what's happened and I do think we have maybe even found out a little bit. To be honest, I do think that teams have kind of seen us in the first quarter, seen what we were doing. You know, we always joked about you know Tiffany's getting double triple marks stuff like that, but they seem to just have a way where they know a little bit how to keep us at bay. Um, and even if they might not score against us, we're not scoring as many goals as we used to. And I think that. We need to be able to react, and I don't think we are able to react in the
0: moment. I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's just the ability to react, and I looked at our results so far this season. We've not come back, we've not come from behind in any game to take any points since the opening day of the season, and that to me is just the worry. And we've seen four or five nil nils in recent weeks too, when the games are tight or when we're really looking for a goal. Do we have that plan B? And I don't think it's panic stations. I, I don't think it's anything to be overly concerned about because the, the spine, the quality in the team, I think, is good enough. It will get us through a lot of situations that other teams wouldn't get through. But I think if we're really talking about titles and automatic promotions I and mean, being right, right up there at the end of the season, I think at the moment we're a little bit short just because we don't have that that really effective plan B off the bench. And I think that's why I'm still reluctant to blame the pitch because it's. we've seen that game on Saturday when the pitch was fine or when we've been away from home on better surfaces and it just so happened it was on a crap surface on Saturday. So I'm, I'm still not fully on the blame the pitch bandwagon yet. Jamie, what about
2: you? I mean, the pitch is looking terrible, I think. And I do think it actually is having an impact on our game because there was times yesterday when the ball does hold up and it balls quite a bit. I mean, Jamie said and see in the first half at one point, I remember he slipped when the ball was coming towards him and I was like, could be yeah, you know a shocker goal coming out of that? It's just Sned falling over by bad luck on the, on the pitch and then we can see the terrible goal because of it. But it doesn't look good. It uh, looked pretty beaten up yesterday and it's because a lot of people are playing on it. Got Queen's Park playing on it. I think Celtic women's playing on it as well at one point, I think. And it's just, it's getting overused and it's not making for good football, but I'm not using the pitch as the main excuse of why we lost. We were... You know, out-fought yesterday. We weren't as hungry as our bro. That is the main reason we lost. But the pitch is not helping us play our best game. It's just a fact. I mean, originally, opposition managers and players were slagging off. But now it's just got to the point where our own players are saying it's bad. Ross Doherty said it was bad after the Dunfermline game. Akinola said it was bad. Um, in a pre-match interview on Jags, I can't which one it was, and I think even Archie or Scali mentioned the pitch isn't looking good right now. So if our own management team and players are admitting it's bad, you clearly know that there's a problem with it, and all the fans can see it, it's not looking good, and it is a concerning sight because if we've got a pitch that's looking terrible, games could get called off at some point. It's just not allowing for good football. But again, I'm not going to use that as the main reason we lost yesterday. It isn't, but it's a contributing factor to why maybe we weren't playing such good free-flowing football that we were earlier in the season. But we just need to hopefully get back to that. Like David said, we maybe have been found out a little bit with the way we play. And we were talking about it in the chat yesterday, but the plan B seems to sometimes be pass to Tiffany, hope he can do something. And that puts a lot of pressure on him. And so just detracts from his game, giving him the ball, hoping he can do anything at times. Yeah, of course he can. But think about some of Tiffany's best performances this season, it's been when there has been a good team performance. That 6-1 win at Hamilton, he was on fire that day. He was unbelievable. But we had a fantastic team performance. Just stuff like that just makes me think when we're overly reliant on him, we're putting too much pressure on him and he's not able to play to his best. And we know how good Tiffany can be for us. So it's going to be interesting to see how the team line up and tactics change in the next few weeks. And if we do add to the, in the window, which I, in the next two games are going to be pretty influential on in what maybe we do bring in.
1: Uh, just just before we go, because obviously we mentioned Connor Murray um earlier. Um I I when I was sitting um there was a fan behind us screaming the whole game to bring Connor Murray on. And I don't mean like when we were like one 0 down or anything like that. I mean like 15 minutes into the game just screaming bring Connor Murray on. And like obviously Connor Murray does bring something to the team but as well as that it's not a guy I would be Screaming for ninety minutes to bring on as a sub, like it was—it was very, very strange. so I just wanted to ask you: Have either of you been so vehemently forced bringing on a player that you were convinced would change a game, but actually probably wouldn't? Because I've—I—I I had this for about six months when we had Mark Kerr, um, on the bench, where I thought if we bring on Mark Kerr, he'll solve all our problems. Mark so yeah
2: Mark Kerr uh, never played a single league game for us
1: exactly. I know, like, he, like, oh, I think it's partly because he was the greatest player in the world in Chapman 0102. And it was like, well, you've signed Mark Kerr, like, he'll score you 80 goals this season. I've played Chapman 0102 way too much to know this. And I was just always convinced that Mark Kerr would come on and do some sort of magic if he ever got on. And I never played for this. And I still think like, we'd have won the premiership if we'd stopped Mark Kerr I'd
2: say Mitch Austin, probably, for the while we were doing absolutely terrible. I was like, this guy cannot be worse than what we've currently got on. So I, I, I do remember getting um, championing for Mitch Austin to get some game time.
0: I can really only remember shouting to get players taken off rather than brought on. <laughs> I remember once, uh,
2: I cannot remember who we were playing. Might have been, Hamilton. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but we had Pogba on and then the fans just started chanting Doolin, and then t- to try and get him brought on because Popper was just having one of his classic games and he hadn't scored
1: I, My other one was um, probably Torsten Struckmann because I think we had him for a couple of weeks and I was like, we've signed a German I don't think we've ever signed a German player before and he was just there and I thought, he'll be amazing and then like I think somebody got injured at Dundee and like I was oh my yeah, god, oh my god I'll bring them on yeah, I was oh my god, they're bring them on! I was so excited to to see him play, and aye, he's, he's a good guy, but um, yeah,
0: probably not the colossus I I expected him to be. I'm really gutted Archie never subbed himself on when he was manager. I'd have been here for that.
2: You,
1: Martin, you,
0: Martin Canning did that when he was at Hull, I'm pretty sure.
1: Aye. Yeah, I think we both at some point have said get Archie on, so no, that yeah. that would make sense. Yeah, definitely. Bye.
0: David, we'll move on from yesterday's game and just look at the, the promotion picture at present. So, yesterday's game saw us fall out of the playoff places. Um, Inverness is still top of the league, who we have in a couple of weeks. How do you see the sort of promotion picture at the mo- uh, set at the moment? We're six points off Inverness at the top and just a point behind Kilmarnock in the playoff positions. With Raith and both occupying second and third places in the league, how do you see it going for the rest of the season?
1: Um, it's it's a tough one I do, I do still believe that we can uh, at the very least table highly in the playoffs if not still win the title I mean I know it's December but it's still in our hands you know we're only six points off the top two games against Inverness but it's a difficult one I I do think that it, it now comes down to our growth and in Inverness as being our big rivals um, I, I don't think Comanica are necessarily going to have the push that we all expected them to have they just don't seem to have that cutting edge that uh, I think that a team like bro for Inverness maybe do have again I do need to go a little bit back to the drawing boards you know the clean sheet record has papered over a few cracks or herself and we, we kind of need to look at how we were playing in the first half of the season so like the first quarter of the season so far and see what has changed from then and where we can strengthen I don't think we need too many uh, players to strengthen but I, I do think that we do need something. We, need, we do need a, a plan B, so to speak, for games, and it doesn't go our way. And we, we've had quite favourable uh, results over the last quarter, and we're looking on course to kind of track the same as we did in the first quarter. So it's again, it's still within our hands. Um, I think it's going to be our bro for and Vanessa are going to be really up there, and I think that we have the chance, we have the ability to get in to that mix. Whether or not we'll do it. I, I don't know. I think we can, but I'm not
0: 100% confident. David, I'll stick with you for now. It's Wraith coming to Fir Hill on Saturday. Are you discounting them from any potential title race? And what do you expect from Saturday's game?
1: Um, I think it's going to be a very, very tough game. I think the, the SR force is going to be one of our most important games of the season because, again, it's about how we react to it. It's about how we come out of that better. And a, a win against Rafe would be an immediate bounce back. Um, I it was in- interesting in this in the game at Starch Park. I actually don't think that Rafe were that good. Zanata obviously was you know on fire at the time. He seems to have cooled down a little bit, but I don't think they were absolutely all over us like people maybe made out they we we kind of just you know missed missed a bunch of chances and were underfired there and they took advantage of that and we did narrow the scoreline down but I think it was a closer game than maybe people have suggested. I, I I don't I don't think Rafe are going to be in that in in that conversation at the end. I think they're they're going to they're going to be there or thereabouts but I don't I think they will fall at some point. Um, and I think that Arbroath and and Vanessa are probably going to be the the teams that are up there at the top. I think I think they can win it but. As I mentioned, the pitch is a state. We are very much hurting after the game on Saturday. We need a big result, and it's just about whether we can get that. And I, I don't like to go against the team or anything like that. So I'll, I'll say a 2-1 to us, but I don't think it's going to be an easy
0: 2-1 or a sexy game. I'm not sure I agree with you with sort of discounting Wraith or not thinking Wraith are going to be quite up there. Just looking at Wraith's recent form, they've not lost in the league since the 11th of September. They're only a point off the top of the league. They're a very attack-minded side, I think it's fair to say. They've got goals within their team and they've are also got Jamie McDonald in goals. an excellent goalkeeper for this level. I think it'll be a really good team that finishes above Wraith this season. I don't think they can be discounted. Um, Jamie, what about you? What do you see the promotion landscape looking like at the moment? And what do you see unfolding it for Hill and Saturday?
2: I think the same five teams will be in it probably until the end. I don't think anyone's going to peel away as obvious winners. I think the league could be decided by something like six points, maybe. I don't think anyone's going to, you know, win it very, very comfortably by double figures. I don't think anyway. Uh, I definitely don't think you can discount Rafe to be honest because they look a good side. I know they weren't amazing. I wouldn't say they they were amazing the last time we played them. We weren't great that day either. I mean, we were pretty poor. Um, But, I think they are a good side. They've proven it in recent weeks. They've had some great results. and They're taking advantage of Komarnik's complete drop in form. Obviously, they've been very poor recently, and they've lost quite a few home games, like the last four home games or something like that. They've lost. So, Rafe definitely taking advantage of that. And the game on Saturday, or next Saturday, it's it's just such a big game for us. and I'm nervous for it, but I'm looking forward to it at the same time because after we lose, I just want the next game to come around and see if we can right the wrongs of the previous game. So, it'd be good if we can just get a reaction to it, that poor performance. Hopefully, Ruddon's back in the team. Hopefully, Teff's injury isn't bad that he has to miss the game or he's on the bench. And we want him starting. We want the strongest team. Same with Cami Smith, but I don't know how much about him because he had to go off quite early in the game. And Teff might have just been for cramp or something, you know, a niggle or something annoying him. But with Smith, we don't know what the situation is with his injury, but hopefully, it's nothing too bad. It's just such an important game. And, Obviously, it's an out. I'll we'll have to watch out for him. I'm pretty sure, yeah, he did get the winner for Rafe yesterday, and <laughs> he'll he'll love another goal against us. He will absolutely loving that one that he scored uh, at their place when he you know ran in front of our fans. It was just a stick on that, that was going to happen. But we hopefully can just contain the main the main players because the defense have been great recently. But it's almost like a kind of turnaround at the start of the season. We were saying, you know, McCall Ball well, will score more than you. Like we Will we will score more. If that's how he. That's how it works, and um, it did seem possible that that was the way we were going for, scoring a lot. Even though, as you mentioned, Matt, out of all the I think this season, every single win we've had in the league, we've only conceded in two of them, which is the Hamilton and the, uh, the Queen of the South game. So mainly we have kept clean sheets in our wins, but as the defence have been getting you know, on that great run, the attack was almost going for a bad run at the same time on the season it kind of maybe felt the other way around the defence was maybe a bit shaky but the attack was looking good and I think the worst thing now the start of the season the defence wasn't looking good especially when we went on that poor run with the loss to Kaumannick, the loss to Rafe and the loss to Inverness but hopefully as I said, hopefully we we'll get a reactionary performance on Saturday against Rafe which would be a huge three points for us
1: One thing I actually just wanted to mention about the Rafe game just before we go on um, I think that it's probably going to be quite a good atmosphere just because, obviously, the game before Christmas usually is. People are always, you know, eh, a bit more merry and singing songs and stuff like that. I actually didn't think we were that loud yesterday. Obviously, I think we just kind of were deflated a little bit by the goal. But I, I don't, I don't think the fans were especially like the atmosphere was, was especially good yesterday but i think it will be a bit different next week i think the, the people will be a bit up for it it's, again it's a game before christmas we better a, a, a jolly party going on in the stands just because again it's before christmas and people are probably out on their christmas lunch you know at the pub or having drink and all that and yeah i think it'll be a, it'll be a better atmosphere um there but it's something i think we didn't miss yesterday and brian graham mentioned it in his interview before the game um, before the game about how the fans have really been well in the morning and they've been feeding off of them and I think
0: they were missing a little bit yesterday. I think that's an interesting point, David. We noticed that and the well, the Jackie Husband stands always quiet, and I'm, I'm not too sure why um they're both goal scorer downs, ear cupped the quietest stand in Scotland when he scored. But it did seem a little bit flat yesterday and you don't know if obviously the weather probably played a factor. And then the the spread in the new COVID variant maybe takes a, a hundred or two off the attendance as well. And You'd like to think it would be improved on Saturday, but if it's another rubbish weather day and there's a few more COVID cases kicking about, you never know. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Jamie, before we move on, score prediction from you for Saturday's game against Wraith. Two one Thistle. I'll back you up on that. I think I think two one Thistle. I think it'll be quite an open game. I think both sides are more than capable of scoring, and I'll back the Jags. And just sort of touching on the, the title race, I think there's there's two key things that I think may happen or may not happen that will really shape the second half of the season firstly I think Joel Noobly I think if he gets recalled by Livingston our both might struggle to maintain their form but if they can keep him for the rest of the season then I think they could be the real deal, they could be serious title contenders and the other thing I think is maybe Tommy Wright at Kilmarnock if he hangs about there I I definitely can't see them pulling away at the top of the league, they'll probably be in and around there for the rest of the season but under him at the moment I think There was some altercations between Tommy Wright and fans yesterday. It's certainly all is not well down at Kilmarnock. So if he hangs about there, I don't think Kilmarnock will will certainly not pull away. And then it's very dependent on if they replace Tommy Wright, who they get in. Um, Anything could really happen there. So I think the the managerial decision at Kilmarnock and Joel Noobly, I think, could be two really key factors in the second half of the season. We'll move on to our purchase Thistle section this week. And we've actually got got two questions the first question i'm going to ask quite a straightforward one what is the worst christmas present you have ever given to somebody david i will come to you on that one um i i did struggle about this i'm usually quite a good
1: present giver and and i do usually put a bit of thought into it and generally speaking if you know i, I I'm, I'm quite good at personalizing them and stuff like that um i think that the the, only, the worst one the uh, probably for me is that uh, I remember once we bought my uncle who came to Christmas we we'd done the, the old usual uh, bottom cans so it was a like 24 cans of his favourite beer or whatever uh, as a present just because like, we knew that's what he liked um, only to find out that he'd like quit the drink about 10 days before and we, and we completely quit it and we turned up with like 24 cans um, and yeah it was um, it was quite embarrassing when he had to tell us that yeah, I've, I've given up the drink um, I, I don't drink anymore and we've got like 24 cans and, and, and nothing else for him um, so yeah, that's probably uh, that, that's probably my worst one that I've ever given
0: I'm sure those cans didn't go to waste though <laughs> Jamie, what about you? Oh mate, i pulled up for an
2: injury again here, I need more time to think
0: But I'll come back to you Jamie then with the second question because I think this is an easier one no I noticed way. we had that a captain's armband sponsor yesterday, so I'm going to ask you, if you could sponsor one item, past or present, you can retrospectively sponsor it, so you can you can then get that item and frame it and put it in your wallet, or whatever. What would you sponsor? What do you want your name to? Uh, Chris Erskine's boots when he
2: scored the second goal at Falkirk away uh, to win the first division.
0: That's a good call. David?
1: I think McCall's hat has become such a symbolic thing for us that I think I'd probably quite like to sponsor McCall's hat. You know, today's hat
0: twirl was sponsored by Draw Loser Draw. I think that would be a, that would be a good shout. That's a fantastic shout. If there's anybody listening, please make that happen because we'll definitely chip in for sponsoring a hat twirl.
1: Absolutely, definitely.
0: <laughs> um, I'd would quite like to sponsor like referees cards. So maybe from the the Thistle Air game a couple of years ago when like two red cards in this the same game, maybe like this red card was shown to Stuart Bannigan or maybe sponsor the referee's cards the next time Stuart Bannigan gets booked. I've got to congratulate Stuart Bannigan, by the way. I can't remember the last time he got booked. He was in a book in a week for a good couple of years and he's gone clean turkey.
1: Remember we done that guest the bookings and we when we, there was a season when Bannigan had been injured. And he played a bit, we thought he played about four games, and it turns out he'd racked up like 11 yellow cards <laughs> in the time. Like, I fair play him, man. He, was, he, he loved a book, he's, he's got it in his system. He's, he's half it, it's
0: wild. As always, thank you for joining us on Draw, Loser, Draw. This week, I was joined by David Forrest and Jamie MacDonald. We'll be back next week to look back, hopefully, on a victory from Saturday's game against Wraith and look ahead to Boxing Day's game at Inverness. You can find us on Twitter at Drawlers or Draw and on Facebook. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. As always, stay safe and buy a season ticket.